Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, Dan Bird here on Wednesday, uh, September 27th. Thought I'd do a midweek update and just talk about where the market has come this week and what we might expect or what I think we should expect for the rest of the week. This will be a quick overview. Um, let me share my screen. And for anyone that is interested in getting my newsletter, which I put out every weekend, just uh, log into breakpointtrading.net and log your email address and be sure to subscribe to the $0 free newsletter. So there's two steps, you have to register and then you have to subscribe, but the subscription does not ask for a credit card, it's free. So if you're interested in that, please log in there, Breakpoint Trading. I'm gonna use some of that today. So let's take a look at what happened. What happened in the market today? So this is the website right here. This is the homepage. Uh, there's no registration or subscription needed for the homepage or for the books page. Both of those pages are pretty much open. So on the homepage, you can see the IBD status is still market in correction as of the 20th. I want to look real quick at some of the charts that are right here on the homepage. First, the S&P. So the first thing that you'll notice is a couple of things. First of all, I drew in what potentially was a head and shoulders, which I drew this in a couple of weeks ago. And we have now broken through the neckline down here, which would imply a target of somewhere around here, just above 4,100, which also happens to be the 61.8% Fibonacci level. Now, having said that, so that, that's very bearish. You can see how, how fast the market has gone down. <clears throat> That's very bearish, but I mentioned on Sunday that we might get a rally this week, and then we'll have to see how far that rally can go. And potentially we might get another leg down after that. So I think the rally is going to probably start tomorrow. The reason is this hammer candle right here at the end of the day today. So that hammer essentially shows the S&P sold off all the way down to the bottom of that wick and then at the end of the day came all the way back up again forming what looks like a hammer whenever a hammer pattern or a hammer candle like that forms at the end of a long downtrend that usually is a reversal candle so in the second half of the day big traders big investment houses were starting to buy and let me show you this on a um, five-minute chart, make it even more clear. So here's today, sold off pretty much all the way up until about two o'clock in the afternoon. And then buyers stepped in and it started climbing back up into the end of the day. That's how a hammer gets formed. And you can see at the end of the day, it sold off a little bit more, but then at the very end, the last 15 minutes probably, 
it started to climb back up again. So I think tomorrow that's going to continue. One of the reasons for that is the next two days is the end of the quarter, end of uh, Q3. And a lot of um, investment houses and mutual funds are going to rebalance their portfolios in anticipation of the end of the quarter. Window dressing, they call it. So they want to, they want their clients to see that they have bought the stocks that have gone up through the quarter and they have sold the ones that have gone down. So they're going to rebalance their portfolios. And usually that leads to, to buying in the last couple of days. We'll see. It doesn't have to, certainly. But we'll see what happens next two days. So that's why I think we're going to probably get a bounce. If I go back and look at the NASDAQ, it's very similar. So again, you can see the hammer right there. The NASDAQ went down below the support line that was the neckline for this head and shoulders. Formed a handle or formed a candle that is a hammer. And then I think we are going to get a bounce or a rally back. Somebody said, what do you mean by a rally? A rally basically is we just get prices that are going higher instead of lower. So if we get two or three days higher prices, that that is a rally. What we have to watch for is can that rally get back through this 21-day moving average right here, which essentially is the reversion to the mean. And one way to look at that is <clears throat> on, again, this is on the website. If we look at the Keltner charts, this shows the average true range, one times, two times, and three times. So the darkest one in the middle is one times the, the regular range of the movement of that stock. And the next layer is two times that one day movement. And the third one is three times the one day movement. We are right now very extremely oversold. All the way down here, it's actually touching into the four times. Very rarely gets there. And you can see when it does, it doesn't stay there very long. So if we look at what happened right here on this big run up, we got up into four times average true range and it reversed and came back down to the mean. That's the 21 day moving average right down here. Think of that in an opposite view because now we've gone down into the four times. And I think then we will bounce back up similar to what happened over here. Bounce back up. We have to see if we can get back to that 21 day. What I suspect is going to happen because we still have two or three weeks in October that usually are bearish in the market. So what I think is gonna happen is we're gonna get this rally probably into the first few days of next week. And then we'll see what happens when it gets to the 21 day. If it gets rejected there and we start back down again, then I think we head back down to the 200 day, which is down here at 4,200, which is the level that I talked about before. So that's what I think will happen, but the market can do anything that it wants. So we don't know if that actually is going to happen. A um, couple of things that I wanna point out, these relative charts right here are relationships between growth and value. So the Qs versus the SPY, the NASDAQ versus the S&P, the um, consumer discretionary versus consumer staples, and then the um, Russell growth versus value. I'm gonna, I wanna look at the discretionary versus staples because this is very interesting. What, do you, what you want to see in a market that's healthy and moving higher, and you can see this at the beginning of 2023, it actually started in December, 
you want to see discretionary outperforming stables. So if this chart is moving upwards, if the trend is up, that means discretionary is outperforming staples. And what I did on this chart is I put the weightings because XLY and XLP are, are heavily weighted to the stocks that are in those ETFs. And you can see Amazon makes up 25% of that overall ETF and Tesla makes up 20%. That's 45% of the whole ETF made up of two stocks. The XLP is a little more distributed, but it's also weighted. So Procter & Gamble is 15%, Costco is 10%, et cetera. So this is a comparison between this one and this one. Um, <clears throat> the one down below is equal weighted. So instead of weighting based on you know, large names, large cap names in that ETF, this one gives both the ETFs the same weight. All of the stocks get the same weight. So no, no particular stock can move this particular ETF just by itself. One way to, to really highlight that is during this period right here, this, these boxes right here are the same um, time frame. You can see right here when it went up to the beginning of September, it was moving up. This is the, the weighted, this is the equal weighted. And then the beginning of September, equal weighted started coming down, but the weighted one went up instead. So that's the Tesla effect. Tesla had good news in that period. So as a result of that, Tesla carried this XLY and XLY outperformed XLP in this little time frame. Whereas if you gave them all equal weighting where Tesla didn't have any more weight than the rest of the ones in that same ETF, the ETF actually went down. So that's an example of seeing, seeing something that's weighted like that with, and that the whole market has, has done this. I mean, the whole market's gone up based on you know, 10 or 15 names, basically, ever since uh, January. But that's a good example of XLY versus XLP. You want to see it moving higher, but we, we want to see it to continue to move higher. The other one to, to look at is the Q versus the spine. So again, same thing. This is also weighted. In this case, you can see Apple makes up 11%, Microsoft 9, Amazon 5, NVIDIA 5, and Meta 4%. And the, the um, SPY weightings, interestingly, are very similar other than Google takes over Meta's spot, but the rest of them are, are the same. So Q weightings and SPY weightings. Now the SPY has a lot more in it, of course, that are more value oriented. So it's the same idea. You want this to be trending up for a healthy market, a market that's moving higher. Right now, this one is moving sideways and it just broke the trend line. If you look at it on, an, on a weighted basis where everything gets the same weight, <clears throat> it's still moving up and it still went sideways during the same period. <clears throat> but now it's moving up actually a little bit better than the weighted version. So that means there's more breath. So that's actually a good thing. So I just thought I'd point that out. Just an interesting way, interesting way to look at things. The uh, growth versus value down here. So this is growth versus value. This is the uh, Russell. Um, again, it's been moving up since January. It's what you want to see in a healthy market. But ever since June, it's just gone sideways. So what we want to see now is hopefully, and this could even come down to this line here, if we sell off for the next three weeks <clears throat> and then start back up again. But we want to see it break out of this channel. 
if we get a rally at the end of the year. So this is something we'll continue to watch. Down here, you can see the S&P versus the Russell 2000. Russell 2000 is um, small cap stocks, and they <clears throat> clearly have been underperforming. So small cap is really where um, a lot of the, the uh, selling has, has occurred. Um, this also in my website, I've, I've done a market bias matrix. So this is something I'm actually doing some research on. I put everything into categories. There's indexes, sector ETFs like XLK, XLY, industry groups like semiconductor software, clean energy, et cetera, intermarket relationships like I just showed you, XLY versus XLP, um, and large cap growth versus value, commodities down here, metals like gold and silver, and then currencies at the bottom. And what I've done is I rank these by short term, medium term, and long term, and based on where what their charts look like, which I'll show you in a second, then that tells me every day I will do this and tell me whether they are their bias is bearish or bullish based on short term, medium term, and long term. This first one here highlights that and explains how all of that looks. <clears throat> so, anytime this eight day moving average goes below the twenty one day, that's a short term signal. So you can see up here, we got a short-term bear signal right here. We got a short-term bull and a short-term bear right here. It has not given us another bull. The medium term is when the 21 day crosses the 50 day. So we got a medium term bearish signal right here and it is still bearish. And then the long-term signal, which is the only one we have on here, it's when the 50 day moves, crosses the 200 day moving average. We are still in a long-term bullish signal until this red line gets back down here and crosses back below the 200. So that's the way it works. And what I do is I put all these into a, basically a spreadsheet and you can download the spreadsheet if you wanna play with it, look at it. Um, but that's how all that looks. What I wanted to point out was the this down here is a small cap versus small cap, no, I wanna look at medium cap medium cap growth versus value. So here's the medium cap growth versus value. And I showed you before how the growth versus value was going sideways. But right now, even with the market selling off, look at the medium term growth is starting to move up. It actually looks like it's starting to potentially outperform. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That will be a positive move if that happens. The other one to look at is the US dollar, which is continuing to go higher. And interestingly, the dollar and oil, I actually have a side-by-side -side comparison right here. This is the dollar on the left-hand side. This is oil on the right-hand side. Usually they are inversely related, but they are um, correlated now. So the dollar is going higher and oil is going higher at the same time. So that's, that, that's not a good thing for the economy or for consumers if that continues. The last thing I wanna look at because it has really been, it's actually hit some new highs now is the 10 year treasury. And that I think more than anything else is causing some of the sell off. So here's the 10 year treasury right here. You can see how far above these, this high from back in October last year it's well above that high right now. 
This is the S&P. You can see as the 10-year treasury moves up, the S&P moves down. Uh, this is the two-year yield, which is now actually above its previous high. This is the 10-year versus the two-year. So in other words, that is the inverted yield curve. And I have said in the past that one of the signs for a recession is when that yield curve goes back above zero. I'll show you another view of that in a second. And TLT is bonds, 10-year um, bonds versus the 10-year yield. And you can, you can these, these should be um, inversely related. So as the 10-year yield goes up, bonds go down. And then growth versus value, which I showed you before, is just moving sideways right now. If, we, if the market is going to take off at the end of the year, we need to see this break out of the top of this channel, not through the bottom of the channel. If it goes through the bottom, then the market could be in trouble. Um, let me go back to the uh, matrix again, because I have the, ten, the yield inversion down here. Using the same kind of moving averages, this one here gave a short-term bull when the pink line went above the blue, gave a medium-term bull when the blue went above the red. And if this red line goes above this gray line right here, it will then give a long-term bull as well. The reason I point this out is because I've said before, recessions usually occur three to six months after the yield curve goes back above zero. Well, right now it is making a beeline for zero. So it is really moving very quickly back up to that point. So if that happens, that's one of our signs for recession. The other one is um, the unemployment rate. If that starts to tick up dramatically, which we'll know next Friday, what that looks like. That's, that's one of the other signs. The, the final sign is whether the Fed starts cutting rates. Um, and then we have uh, Fed rate hikes and recessions right here. So you can see when the Fed starts to cut rates, usually three months later, we get a recession. So those are the things we're, we need to be watching. It's, I still think we're going to hit all-time highs at the end of the year, the fourth quarter, maybe into the beginning of next year. And then depending on what that yield curve does, if that goes back above zero, um, which I think I have. Uh, right here, maybe. No, that's not the one. So zero is up here. Uh, if that goes back above zero, then we've got about six months left. So potentially a recession, I think, in Q2, Q3 next year. Anyway, that's where we are. Watch things tomorrow. I think we might get a rally. We need to see if that rally will hold and if it goes back above the 21 day. That's the key to look at, this 21 day, which is at about 4,400. So if we can get the S&P to get back above 4,400 or in that neighborhood without getting rejected and, and start back down again, then that might be the start of the end of year rally. But I think we're going to get rejected and probably go back down for another couple of weeks. Anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this midweek update. Take uh, Watch the market the next couple of days and we'll see what happens. Um, so let me sign off. Stop sharing. Uh, thank you very much and uh, hopefully talk to you on Sunday. Take care.